Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Nick's World of Sports. My name is Nick Sapola. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in, as always. We have a lot of football to talk about, but I'm actually going to push that off till Thursday. So all my football fans, I'm sorry. I have to. There was something else that happened tonight that takes center stage over everything on this podcast, and it will take center stage a couple times throughout the year. We had a Hall of Fame class announced for baseball today. Only one player got in on the Writers Association vote, and I think this player is very deserving of the Hall, and I'm very happy to say that Scott Rowland, someone I grew up watching, is going to be in Cooperstown for the rest of his life and beyond his life. One of the best third basemen of the 90s and the 2000s will be immortalized in the Baseball Hall of Fame, and that's pretty cool to say that. That kind of brought up another topic for me. I made a list a long time ago of players that should be and shouldn't be in the Pro Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, New York. It's a pretty lengthy list. I kind of went into it a bit, but there's some names here that I just... I desperately need to talk about it now because there is a serious, serious problem with the Baseball Writers Association. And I feel like the Baseball Hall of Fame is probably the worst run Hall of Fame in the aspect of they don't do right by the players. And there's a reason there's something that, uh, you know, there's just a bit of politicking with it. And there's a lot of Guys with egos on the Writers Association. It's a lot of politicking, and it's not fair for the players. There's a more. Oh, this is a reason. This list that I have of position players alone, this is too many players that aren't in the Pro Baseball Hall of Fame, which is disgusting. Same thing with pitchers. Pitchers is bad, too. And then there's a bunch of guys that shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame that are. Why? We'll never know. So I'm going to start off with just the statistics of this whole Hall of Fame thing, like some ground rules that people don't know. In order to get voted into the Baseball Hall of Fame, it's now, instead of 15 years like it was in the past, it's now you have 10 years of eligibility on the ballot. After 10 years, your name comes off the ballot. You must receive 75% of the vote from the Writers Association, or as I like to call them, the Writers of Bozos, or the Bozo Association, bunch of dumbasses there they get together every year and vote on a ballot you have up to 10 votes on this ballot a lot of guys don't even vote for 10 one example i saw a ballot earlier this year by someone he voted for only francisco rodriguez and that was it the only one he voted for was francisco rodriguez that's depressing right that guy should have his vote taken away people don't use the full 10 people because it's like they don't want certain players to get in because they don't like them. A good example, there should be more guys that are unanimous Hall of Famers. Derek Jeter should be, I think some of the other guys that have been in the past, like Ken Griffey should be. Mariano Rivera is still the only unanimous Hall of Famer, and he deserves it. Another guy, Randy Johnson, is not unanimous. Um, who else I'm trying to think of right now? Like all world guys, Willie Mays wasn't unanimous. Why? I have no idea. Willie Mays is arguably like the best player of that generation of the 50s and 60s and beyond. Even earlier. 
All right, I digress. I'm getting off track. So you need 75% of the vote to get in. Scott Rowland, who is a 70-career war guy, like I said, one of the best first ba- third baseman excuse me, in all of baseball during his time as a player, the model cons- – or like the guy just models consistency, a great overall player, great defender. Scott Rowland has been on the ballot for years and hasn't gotten in. He finally gets in with 76.3% of the vote by the tip of his pinky toe. He gets in. It's a shame that he got in by that less. I thought he would have been like 80s because he was – Arguably the best guy on the ballot that doesn't have any controversy tied to his name. I do have an issue with the Writer Association as there are four or five names I'm looking at right now that should be in the Hall of Fame that aren't. And one of them fell off the ballot for good this year. I believe he fell off the ballot for good this year. Maybe two, actually. Oh, no, one. One fell off the ballot for good this year. Todd Helton is the first name here that misses. Todd Helton is on my should-be-Hall-of-Famers list. There's not enough I could say about Todd Helton. He was the best Colorado Rocky ever. He is the all-time leader in that franchise with war, games played, at-bats, total bases, doubles, home runs, hits, RBIs, walks, runs created, weighted runs created, extra base hits, and sack flies. And he was considered one of the best first basemen of his era. His 2000 season, let me put this into perspective. He didn't win the MVP this year. He finished third or fourth in voting. He hit 372 with 216 hits, 42 home runs, 147 RBIs, and a league-high 8.9 wins above replacement. Significantly better than league MVP Jeff Kent. He really didn't deserve his only MVP, but they gave it to him because he played for a better team. At the time, he was playing with Barry Bonds in the Bay Area. Helton also helped the 2008 Rockies to one of the most improbable World Series appearances ever. What's sickening to me is Todd Helton isn't a first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't get it. How is he not a first ballot Hall of Famer? The guy was clean his whole career, never had any controversy, the most beloved guy in that franchise from Colorado. I get the whole, oh, he hits an altitude BS, but the guy had one of the best seasons all around ever by a first baseman, maybe someone ever at any position, should have won the MVP in 2000, was unbelievable in his time in Colorado, unbelievable in his time. And guys like David Ortiz and Jeff Bagwell are getting in. Ortiz on the first ballot, by the way, which really just doesn't sit right with me, if I'm going to be honest with everyone out there. David Ortiz is someone who's should be on the A-Rod spectrum. He's been popped multiple times. He's not necessarily viewed as a great human being. He's done a lot of things that are questionable, I would say. And his character comes into play. But I think the way he kind of did damage control for the city of Boston during the Boston Marathon bombing time, I think that's where he gets his pass. And... I still am, it still sickens me that Todd Helton, one of the he's should have been in the Hall of Fame this year, and the fact that he's going to continue to sit on the ballot and rot away because he didn't play for a big market or whatever the fuck these guys are saying, that's bogus. It's completely bogus, and 
I think it's something that I'm not going to be very happy for a long time about. I think Todd Helton is w- more than deserving of Cooperstown. If you don't think that, I'm sorry. You're one of those nerd writers or you're one of those NPCs that do have a vote for some reason. You don't belong on the ballot. You don't belong to have a say. You shouldn't have – they shouldn't – this is another thing. Writers, some of these guys probably don't watch baseball. They probably just look at their baseball reference like, oh, okay, uh, you know, in 2014, in his 18th season, his OPS plus was 87 in 92 games. Ah, he retired a year later. I, I don't know about this guy. Uh, if you're going to be in Cooperstown, you got to have Willie Mays type numbers where your career war is over 150 at this position. My, my man, go outside, touch a blade of grass, or go, go watch a game. Go watch a game. Stop hanging on your high horse. Oh, this guy, you know, he played in Colorado. The ball flies differently out here. That, that's not the point. The point is Todd Helton put up better numbers than almost anyone at the position or on par with almost anyone at the position. He has better numbers overall across the board than Ortiz. He could defend unlike Ortiz. He had better numbers than Fred McGriff, who just got in this year, who's also well-deserving of Cooperstown. I'm happy he got in. He has better numbers than Jeff Bagwell, in my opinion. I think he was a better player than Jeff Bagwell. My Astros fans are going to come coming for my head. But, hey, who would you rather have, Jeff Bagwell or Todd Helton? I would prefer Todd Helton. There, I think there's guys even that are still not going to get in that deserve it. And I think Helton's one of those guys at this point. It looks like he might, despite the positive trend in numbers, he missed with 72.2% of the ballot. At this rate, they might... Say, fuck this guy. There's two other guys right here that are right behind Helton that were close. Billy Wagner had 68.1% of the vote. And Andrew Jones, or Andrew Jones, however you want to pronounce it, had 58.1%. Gary Sheffield had 55% on the dot. We're going to talk about those guys real quick. Billy Wagner is the first one I want to talk about real quick. Billy Wagner was Araldis Chapman before Araldis Chapman. He was throwing 103-mile-per-hour heaters before it was cool to throw 103-mile-per-hour heaters. He was a lefty. He was a closer on a lot of really important teams, like the mid-2000s Mets, the Astros in the mid-2000s, before and maybe after Brad Lidge. I forget the timeline there. I think it was before. He was still dominant late in his career. He was closing games for the Braves, and the Braves were winning games with him. How is this guy not in the Hall of Fame? He's near the top of almost every single reliever all-time number. For a while when he was pitching, he was the all-time leader in career ERA by a relief pitcher. It just doesn't add up to me. Like, here's another argument. I think Aroldis Chapman's going to be a, a baseball Hall of Famer. No doubt about it in my mind. He won't be first ballot, but he'll be a Hall of Famer. Billy Wagner gets overshadowed a bit by some of the other elite relievers and closers of his time, especially with Mariano Rivera basically dominating that era and Trevor Hoffman dominating that era. A guy like Wagner kind of gets lost in a shuffle, but if you take a look at his reference page, you take a look at what he did as a professional baseball player, he just screams, Hall of Famer. I- I'm just sick knowing that Billy Wagner's not in this class. I'm sick that this guy's not going to be in the Hall of Fame because of a bunch of guys who don't, really recognize his talent outside of places like Houston and New York. I would love to see a dude from California just 
watch Billy Wagner's – go watch an old game of Billy Wagner pitching in the ninth. The guy was electric. Again, throw him in this era, Billy Wagner's far and away the best closer. He's better than Craig Kimbrell. He's better than Chapman. I think he's yeah, he's probably on par with Prime Chapman. He's better than Edwin Diaz ever will be just because of his longevity and the way he sustained his career and never really had a bad year. He's an unbelievably reliable guy. I don't understand how he's not in the Hall of Fame amongst the guys like Lee Smith and Dennis Eckersley, Raleigh Fingers, Mariano Rivera, for God's sake. This guy should be the – he's amongst one of the best closers ever. I mean, there's a plenty of others that are not on the whole, not on this ballot that are elite relievers too. Dan Quisenberry's one that comes to mind. I just don't get it. I don't get why relievers sometimes get slighted like that. Like, is it just me, or are these guys just dumbasses? That I don't have another word to say besides dumbasses. Speaking of another one, Andrew Jones. He was probably the best defensive center fielder to ever walk the planet. I will die on that hill. He was 10 gold gloves. That's the most gold gloves by anyone ever. Arenado just tied him in gold gloves. That's no typo. He had one of the best primes of any player in the last 40 years. His career war was over 60 by the time he was done playing in Atlanta. 434 career homers as well on top of that. How is this guy not a Hall of Famer? I know he declined terribly. His time in L.A. wasn't good, and then he was a reserve for the Yankees for a little bit before he went over to Japan. But this was one of the best players of the late 90s, early 2000s. This was an MVP caliber guy year in and year out. This is like telling us right now that a guy like, I don't know, Mookie Betts won't make the Hall of Fame. Are you serious right now? The baseball writers have been slighting this guy because of the way he declined. He hit every benchmark he had to hit. The best defensive player of his generation ever to play the center field position is not going to be in the Hall of Fame because he was lazy towards the end of the career is BS. But Jeff Bagwell gets to be in the Hall of Fame and he was juiced the fuck up. Pudge Rodriguez gets to be in the Hall of Fame, and he was juiced out of his mind. Same with David Ortiz. I don't get it. And, again, I'm not taking anything away from Scott Rowland. Scott Rowland had a 70-career war, was one of the most consistent players ever. But I think if you asked anyone on the street who's the better baseball player, Scott Rowland or Andrew Jones, I think everyone would say Andrew Jones. Except for a few people. I think there were similar players and aspects that are, you know, you can't necessarily compare a third baseman to a center fielder. But Andrew Jones was a great player. And everyone could tell their kids stories about how good of a player Andrew Jones was. There was no what ifs. You know, what if Andrew Jones got hurt and didn't recover or whatever. There's no what ifs with this guy. Andrew Jones should be in the Hall of Fame. If he's not next year, I will riot. And I'm already about to riot. Another one that stands out to me here, Gary Sheffield. There's a bit of a weird gray line with Gary Sheffield because he does fall into my dishonorable mentions because he has had a run-in with PEDs. Although in his career in baseball, he's never tested positive for the performance-enhancing drugs. Not once. He never, te- he never tested positive. He never testified. He never had to testify about it. 
He's denied it. This is something I found interesting from I saw on Twitter. If you don't follow Gary Sheffield Jr. on Twitter, I advise you to at least just check out his account. He's a very interesting character. He talks a lot of Yankees. He talks a lot of other sports. Um, so he was pretty upset about uh, the whole voting process with his dad not getting in. His dad will be on his 10th year of eligibility next year. Uh, and again, this is a guy directly associated with Gary Sheffield. So if I quote this and if it's misquoted, whatever. But this is a guy I trust this source because this is his freaking father. The things that have been said about Gary Sheffield, quote, he's a locker room cancer. Players and coaches love and respected him. He made errors on purpose. Trusting in writers over the subject, the best writers will admit they aren't God. Sometimes the truth gets lost in translation. Tied to steroids, never tested positive in 22 years. There are writers acknowledging my dad as a Hall of Famer on the field and holding back their votes for allegedly making errors on purpose based on articles written over 25 years ago. While there are some amazing writers out there, this is complete nonsense. John Morosi was on MLB Network today really, really hardly pleading for Gary Sheffield to make the Hall of Fame. He was kind of saying, you know, he's a guy. He should be in the Hall of Fame. He's a guy that, you know, despite the gray line with him or the weird lining where it's like there's a little gray area where it's, you know, he may have or may not have taken steroids. At that point, you just kind of go with, all right, he probably didn't. Per Gary Sheffield again, this writer just admitted, not John Morosi, another guy. This writer just admitted he refused to vote for Gary Sheffield, and his source is a screenshot from the LA Times. This tells you everything you need to know about the current process. Plenty of writers doing too many, or plenty of writers doing this the right way, too many John Heyman-like writers with egos. I agree. Plenty of these writers with egos, they don't like a guy for a certain reason. Do I believe the Gary Sheffield dropping balls on purpose thing? No, not for a second. Is he a first ballot guy, Gary Sheffield? Maybe. He's over 500 home runs. He has a high OPS. I would love to see Gary Sheffield in the Hall of Fame. I think he belongs. Will he get in? He had 55% of the vote. I don't think so. To round out the rest of the list, and we'll kind of go through some guys I think next year's ballot too, who should, who shouldn't, all that stuff. Round it out after Sheffield, Carlos Beltran received 46.5, as well as Jeff Kent received 46.5. He officially falls off the ballot. A-Rod was at 35.7, which is a little more than last year. Manny Ramirez had 33.2. Omar Vizquel, a guy who I think is going to make the Hall of Fame someday, 19.5. Andy Pettit had 17%, Bobby Abreu at 15.4, Jimmy Rollins at 12.9, Mark Burley and K-Rod both had 10.8, and Torrey Hunter's the last guy to stay on the ballot at 6.9%. Nice. But some guys falling off the ballot include plenty of stars that during their day, but were never really superstars or considered one of the best in their game. One guy even got 0% of the vote, and that was... <laughs> Jacoby Ellsbury. <laughs> Jacoby Ellsbury got 0% of the vote. I think that's just really funny. I mean, hey, Jacoby, congratulations. You're now going to fade into obscurity and just be remembered off of two really great years. Now we're going to go back to my list here. Some guys that were on the ballot that will never make it to the Hall of Fame. 
Scott Rowland, I can now cross off. Scott Rowland, 70.1 career war, 2,077 hits, 316 homers, 1,200-plus RBIs, eight-time gold glove winner, a rookie of the year, and being a key piece to a World Series championship. It's pretty convincing to me. The writers will either make Roland into the... I thought they'd either make him into the next Greg Nettles or they'll elect him this year. That was my prediction when I first made this up on July 27th was my last edit on this article. And this was something I worked on since... Maybe last March. Maybe March of 2022. There was no middle ground with him, and I'm happy they got him in. By the way, Greg Nettles, Hall of Fame. Soon. Some guys on this ballot that should be Hall of Famers. I'll start with the top of my list here, which is Jimmy Rollins. J-Roll was a major piece to some of the best Philly teams ever. He was a hit machine in his prime, and sometimes the best ability is availability. Go look at his 2007 MVP season and his mythical 2008 season. No one will ever have those kind of seasons again with those amount of at-bats and consistency. It just is never going to happen again. 2,455 career hits, and he had an unreal 38-game hit streak in 2006. That should further prove my point. War is a little low, but I think war is subjective. War should be a stat where you should separate the... uh, Let's say, like, the... Hmm... What's a good analogy? War kind of separates the Derek Jeters and Scott Rollins, I guess. Like the really good players from the average players. It shows you a guy, like, oh, here's a good example. It separates the guys like DJ LeMayhew from guys like Jimmy Rollins. It shows you, or kind of similar-ish. It just kind of shows you that one player just played more and was a little bit more valuable to his team. Now, I'm not saying that guys that have 60 war should automatically be in the Hall of Fame. There's some guys that I don't think should be near the Hall with 60 war. But there are some guys that have under 60 war that deserve to be there. Jimmy Rollins is one of them because this guy had one of the best primes out of anyone. His time at shortstop, he was arguably the best in the National League, if not all of baseball. How is this guy not in the Hall of Fame? Beats me. Won a World Series, too. Was a big part of two World Series runs. Two pennant teams. and Just played even longer. He played with the Dodgers as well. J-Roll's a Hall of Famer in my book. He was the best player. Him and Chase Utley were the best players on those Phillies teams. And another argument of mine... Every World Series team has at least one Hall of Famer, if not two. There needs to be two to be a good World Series team. One if you win. Two if you're a good World Series team. Someone who also got in this year, Fred McGriff, was a walking 30 homer, 100 RBI. The crime dog is most definitely a Hall of Famer, and I'm happy they got him in on that new committee. His war of 52.6 is not terrible by Cooperstown standards. He hit 284 for his career, 493 homers, 1,550 career RBI. That's all I need to say. It's a key piece to a lot of those Braves teams. The crime dog, welcome home. Another guy on this list that we have to speak of real quick positions-wise, Jeff Kent. My Mets fans, I'm sorry. You guys sold. You traded this guy. 
for pennies on the dollar to San Francisco. And what do you do? Oh, nothing. He's just probably one of the best second basemen to ever play the game. He was a superstar in the Bay Area. He has a career war of 55.2. He hit 290, just under 2,500 hits. Won an MVP, despite, I think, Todd Helton deserving that MVP. But he certainly won it and was one of the better stories in baseball that year. He famously beefed with Barry Bonds, and a lot of people believed he was on the right side of the beef with Barry Bonds. And he was the anti-Bonds in every little single aspect. He was clean. He wasn't a nightmare at times when it came to talking to the media. He was open with them. He loved being the personality of the team. He always felt like kind of a leader where Barry Bonds was kind of just doing Barry Bonds things. Jeff Kent was a leader, and he's definitely Hall of Fame material. I think the Veterans Committee will do him justice because I can't trust the Bozo Writers Association. I can never trust those guys anymore. Damn shame. We already touched Todd Helton a bit. There is someone that recently just passed that I think the Veterans Committee or the new committee, whatever they're called. I call them Veterans Committee because that's what I grew up with. I think another guy, he just passed recently, Sal Bando, who was a member of a lot of Oakland A's teams that won a lot. He was on the roster for their mid-70s three-peat. And he was arguably the best player on those teams. He had a seven-year stretch, which I guess you could consider his peak slash prime, but baseball reference might say otherwise. His best seven years consecutive, he had a career war of 47.3. That is well above the average seven-year war by a third baseman, which is 43 flat. If you want to use numbers like that, baseball nerds, we can He also has a career war of 61.5. Again, over that 60 war threshold that usually gets guys in. He should be a candidate to get into the hall by way of Veterans Committee. It's a sad thing that Sal Bando will never get in on his own accord and he won't be alive to see it. May God rest his soul. One of the last great A's. We'll go a little further here. Omar Vizquel is... uh, Someone I think that should be really considered more for the Hall. He had 19.5% of the votes this year. Omar Vizquel is not the greatest hitter in the world. But if you want to talk about some of the best defensive shortstops to ever play the game, Omar Vizquel is in the conversation. You, you have to mention him in the same breath as guys like Ozzie Smith. He's a poor man's Ozzie Smith. He's Ozzie without the, the offense. Like, you'd say guys like Rizzuto is a great defender. Uh, I've read his name on the White Sox in the, that era, too. He was a very good shortstop. Again, great defensive shortstops. You have to mention Omar Vizquel. The guy was a wizard with the glove. He had nearly 3,000 hits, too, so that has something to do with it. I think he'll be one of the stories. He starts off low on a ballot. He doesn't get a lot of votes because there's a lot of guys that have star power, and he'll get left off by a few guys. Omar was a key piece to the 90s Indians as well. I think this kid belongs in the Hall of Fame. He also famously beefed with Jose Mesa. Mesa, I think it's Jose or Jorge Mesa, the closer of the, at the time, Indians. 
I just think this guy's too good to be left out of the Hall of Fame defensively. If we're going to talk about defensive wizards making it in, this is a guy that is a defensive wizard that far and away blows some of the guys away in the Hall of Fame. Stuff he did with the glove was incredible. Um, Another guy that recently passed. No, did he pass recently? I don't want to mention just because if he did. Just if he did, I don't want to forget him. I don't know. I got to check with the studio real quick. No, he didn't. I'm sorry. Excuse me. I'm not going to mention him. Uh, One more guy I'm going to mention off this ballot. Uh, Bobby Abreu, who got 15.4%. That's the end of the offensive guys. Bobby Abreu had a 60 career war. He had a really nice seven-year peak. I don't think he's a first ballot guy, but... I think he'll fall off the ballot, but he definitely will get a nice little look from some kind of committee at some point down the road. Because I can understand the writers not voting for Bobby Abreu, which, again, sickens me to my core that they won't, but he had a nice career, and I think he's someone he he has some of the credentials to be a Hall of Famer. The seven-year peak in the war, yeah, I can see it. He's missing an MVP, and he's missing a World Series, but he was one of the better players of his generation. Let's go to the pitching side. I'm going to start off with the controversial one. Political opinions aside on this podcast. Kurt Schilling not being a first ballot Hall of Famer or not even getting voted in by the Writers Association proves Gary Sheffield Jr.'s point that the writers have an axe to grind. They have an ego. They have a bias. Kurt Schilling's a Hall of Famer. He was one of the best pitchers of the late 90s, early 2000s. Won multiple World Series. Pitched on a bad ankle in the League Championship Series. The bloody sock game. I don't care that it was allegedly faked. He still went out there and pitched on something he shouldn't have pitched on. 2001 in the World Series was dominant in his two starts. Him and Randy Johnson, that was the best one-two punch of the late 90s, early 2000s. Those teams in Arizona were amazing with those two at the front of the rotation he was virtually unhittable cold-blooded one of the best pitchers of his time especially when it mattered most if you had to ask me right now who are some of if i had to make a starting rotation of five guys who are the most cold-blooded gonna go out and win me a game no matter how big it is kurt schilling's my number one or two guy on that on that list i'd say maybe bob gibson nolan ryan Whitey Ford, Kurt Schilling, and Jack Morris. Just guys who could close out a series, could make a serious impact. Just go out there and be a big game pitcher. Jack Morris is controversial, I get it, because he was someone else last ballot. But Jack Morris had one of the best pitched games of all time when it mattered most. These are guys that pitch well when the lights are brightest. Kurt Schilling's one of those guys. Hell, I think Kurt Schilling can go out there now, give you seven innings, no, maybe 0-1 to one earned 12Ks in a decisive Game 7. Just because he was that kind of guy. Political opinions aside, go look at his reference page. Go look at the stats, nerds. One of the best to ever do it in baseball. I don't care what he said. I, I genuinely do not give a flying fuck what this guy said on whatever network or whatever he said about certain people or whatever political opinions this guy may have 
He was one of the best pitchers of his damn generation. Top 20 in strikeouts, I believe. All time. Over 3,000 strikeouts. Dominated in error, filled with steroid, steroid use amongst pitchers. Like one of my personal favorites, Roger Clemens and Kevin Brown. Dominated those guys. Why is he not in the Hall of Fame? Can we keep the political bullshit out of sport? It is disgusting that they won't vote him in. The Writers Association, go to hell. That's what I got to say to you guys, not voting this guy in. And he was a Red Sox, and I'm a Yankees guy. I can't stand the Boston Red Sox. And I'm out here vouching for Kurt Schilling to be a Hall of Famer. What does it mean to you guys? Nothing. I'm just a kid in the basement. At the moment, at least. But come on. If you're not going to put Kurt Schilling in the Hall of Fame, and I'm sorry to some of you guys who are fanboys, but Minnie Minoso is a Hall of Famer? Minnie Minoso is a Hall of Famer? What? And no offense to my boy Jack Morris, but Jack Morris is a Hall of Famer over Kurt Schilling is crazy to me. And I love Jack Morris, and I think Jack Morris is one of the most well-deserving Hall of Famers. He's the most overhated Hall of Famer. But some of these guys don't belong in a hall over Kurt Schilling. Scott Rowland's not a Hall of Famer over Kurt Schilling. I will say that right now, and I defended Scott Rowland for years, saying he's a no-doubter. Kurt Schilling, his numbers speak for itself. I'm not doing the digging. If the nerds want to get come at me and attack me, go do your freaking digging. That guy's a Hall of Famer. Another one on this ballot. Another guy I would maybe consider throwing into that. Kind of, you know, starting five when it mattered most. Back against the wall. A true winner. Andy Pettit's a Hall of Famer in my book. Call me a biased Yankee fan all you want. I just, just don't give a fuck what you think. I don't care. I, I'm sorry I keep saying banned FCC words on this, but I just don't care. He's the owner of the greatest pickoff move ever. And he's arguably the greatest playoff and World Series pitcher ever. He's a key piece to all five of the Yankees' World Series titles in the last 25 to 30 years. 96, 98, 99, 2000, and 09. He also helped guide the 2005 Astros to the Fall Classic. The one thing that holds Pettit back, he was listed on the infamous Mitchell Report in 2007, and he admitted to having using PADs to recover from injury and forgot to report it to a team doctor. The last of judgment, I get it, and I know what I've said. PED guys don't belong in the hall. But if you guys are going to give loopholes for Bagwell, Ortiz, Piazza, uh, Padre Rodriguez, Andy Pettit's a Hall of Famer then by that logic. Andy Pettit's a Hall of Famer in my book because he also performed well after the allegations. Andy Pettit still went out there and won a goddamn World Series. Go find me another lefty like Andy Pettit that's going to clutch up when it matters. Guy, he doesn't have the most overpowering stuff, but he'll go out there and give you seven to eight innings, and he'll dominate. And in the whatever lights were the brightest, Andy Pettit showed up. 20-game winner, too. I know wins don't mean shit to all you nerds now. Oh, wins aren't a pitching stat. But they got to count for something because it shows you gave a quality start for long enough to give your team a chance to win. That's where a win matters. It's not because he went out there and pitched. That's the reason the team won. No. He went out there and pitched long enough for a quality amount of time and gave his team the chance to win. That's what a win should be. That's how you value wins. Andy Pettit. 
Hall of Famer. The lapse of judgment by Louisiana Lightning number two shouldn't stop him from making it. The Texas kid, the Louisiana kid, one of the hardest working pitchers ever. And again, a guy that was crafty. He didn't have a 97-mile-an-hour fastball. He wasn't doing that stuff. He would beat you the old-fashioned way with finesse, great off-speed, great location, unbelievable intimidation. Andy Pettit's one of my favorite pitchers ever, too. And a guy who was a key piece to the 90s and 2000s Yankees, which I think is over-hated by the Writers Association. as a lot of key pieces never made the Hall of Fame. And they said they bought a World Series. How many Hall of Famers were on those teams? Let's see, 96, Wade Boggs, Mariano Rivera, Derek Jeter. That's it. Those are all the Hall of Famers on that team. I guess you could count Tim Raines. That doesn't really count. 98. Who's a Hall of Famer from the 98 team? Derek Jeter. That's about it. Rivera. Besides Jeter and Rivera, none of the guys got favored were really favored well by Cooperstown. Andy Pettit's a guy I would throw him in the Hall of Fame right now. I'm not kidding. Andy Pettit would be on my ballot every year. And if I could vote twice, I'd vote for Andy Pettit twice. We talked about Billy Wagner. Another guy on this ballot that is a similar boat to Andy Pettit is Mark Burley. He has a pretty high career ERA at 3.83, but he has 216 career victories, four gold gloves at the position, one of the best fielders. He threw a no-hitter. He won a World Series and has one of the most iconic perfect games in Major League history. The speedrunner, as many called him, was dominant during his peak years. And I just hope that he gets the recognition he deserves and he gets to stay on the ballot for years to come. I think Mark Burley is going to make the Hall of Fame on the writers because I think the writers loved Mark Burley. I think everyone in sports media loves Mark Burley. He did have a bit of a weird decline. But again, he just was good for baseball. He pitched fast. He was, all right, throw down a sign, let's go. I think he'll get in the Hall of Fame eventually. I think that covers everyone on the ballot besides a couple notable names. Oh, no, there's one here that i got to talk about. Francisco Rodriguez. From his masterful arrival in 2002 during the World Series up until the mid-2010s, there was one name besides Rivera, Wagner, Hoffman that really instilled fear in hitters in the ninth inning. Francisco... K-Rod Rodriguez. This is a guy, as a reliever, top five in Cy Young voting three times. Three. Top ten in MVP in his magical 2008 season where he set that major league record in saves with 63. A 2.86 career ERA. He was, I think, top two at one point in career ERA when he was a reliever. While he was in baseball. He might have been number one at some point. 148 ERA plus. Fourth all time in saves with 437. He's also the man of a thousand celebrations. That makes him a Hall of Famer in my book. I just... Just don't mention Luis Castillo. The 2009 Mets. Or A-Rod around him. Might be a little touchy. If you ask me. I don't understand. 
He had an awesome changeup, awesome stuff. I love K-Rod. I think he'll get in eventually. If Billy Wagner's going to get in, K-Rod's going to get in, but it'll take a little bit of time. I think it's time he gets in. There are three names on this ballot that I didn't mention at all. And I don't think I'm going to mention. That should be in the Hall of Fame. Torrey Hunter, or four I should say. Torrey Hunter, 6.9%. I think he'll fall off the ballot at some point. He's good, but I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. I think some of the numbers just don't add up for me. I love Torrey Hunter. He's going to fall into that Hall of Very Good range, and he's going to be someone that's going to be remembered fondly. He'll make like the Twins Hall of Fame and stuff like that. He'll have his number retired by a team. That's it. A-Rod, Alex Rodriguez, and Manny Ramirez. A-Rod's one of my favorite players of all time. I grew up idolizing Alex Rodriguez. He never tested positive for performance-enhancing drugs while in baseball. He never once tested positive. He was just caught up in purchasing steroids and with steroid dealers multiple times. I think, And his image was tarnished because he also sued Major League Baseball and he sued his team. I don't think A-Rod's a Hall of Famer for that reason. Because he got popped twice. And all the off-the-field stuff, he never will fall in favor with the writers. It'll probably be 30 years from now where a lot of these guys will get into the Hall of Fame by some kind of committee or association. And I think one day guys like Bonds, Rodriguez, Palmero, Giambi, Cano, Sosa, McGuire, Manny Ramirez, Justice, Gonzalez, Wangan, I should say, Miguel Tejada, Jose Canseco, Roger Clemens, and Kevin Brown. Those guys will all make the Hall of Fame one day. But as the moment stands, these guys are on my dishonorable mentions. As much as I love A-Rod and as much as I hate to love Manny, they're not Hall of Famers by that logic. There's one name, too, that remains. You might know him. He's a great playoff performer. And he's also one of the biggest cheats in baseball history. That man is current Yes Network announcer, Mets manager for one month, one-time World Series champion with the cheating Houston Astros, the main man of all the players that was behind the cheating, the guy who helped create the system, Carlos Beltran. I used to love Carlos as a player. Let me get this out. Let me put this out there. The player, I love Carlos Beltran. Great player. His numbers scream first ballot. But after he was discovered to be one of the key figures behind the biggest cheating scandal since the 1919 Boston Red Sox, or Boston, excuse me, Chicago White Sox, Black Sox scandal where they threw the World Series and eight men were thrown out of baseball, this is the, there's no explanation. There's no defending it. I don't think I can look at him the same. The numbers. Career 70 war. Over 2,700 hits. He never got caught stealing in the playoffs. One of the best playoff hitters ever. One of the best playoff players ever. A rookie of the year. He has the accolades and the stats and the advanced metrics. But like years prior, they the writers agreed with me. They're just going to look at him different. 
when they do it. They're going to put him in the same tier as A-Rod, Sosa, and Bonds. Again, he's not too good in his new gig either in the booth with yes, but I love former players in the booth. And I think I'm getting a newfound love for a guy like Carlos Beltran. Beltran should be banned for life for his role, as I agree, guys like Jose Altuve, A.J. Hinch, Carlos Correa, Alex Bregman. You could say he didn't cheat all you wanted, but they all got immunity by the league because they part they agreed to rat everyone out. If you were granted immunity and you're looking to settle with baseball, you should have at least been banned for a certain amount of time. George Steinbrenner got banned for a ye- for two years, originally for life. For helping, for trying to get dirt on Dave Winfield so he can get out of his contract. Pete Rose got banned for life for gambling on games. And he was betting for his teams to win. Like, are you kidding me? Banned for life for that? These guys cheated within the game. They did something that hasn't been done since the early 20s, really. Where they cheated within the game. Using illegal technology. I should say in the 20s. They didn't cheat within the game. It's different if he's standing on second base and he picks up the catcher's sides. Jose Altuve, Carlos Correa, Alex Bregman, Jordan Alvarez, Yuli Gurriel, all of them, not Hall of Famers, all of them should be banned from baseball. I'll also throw in, like, Brian McCann, who I love Brian McCann. No, Marwin Gonzalez, kicked out of baseball. Goodbye. All those guys, bye-bye. I get it, you can't kick all of them out forever, but some of them should be kicked out forever. I get people defending Beltran because it was only for like half a season he used it, but he helped create it. That's where I draw my line. 100%, that's where I draw my line. The committees could get him in later on in a few years when they get all the other cheaters in, but for now, I don't agree. I'm going to wrap it up and just talk about Roland and some of the other guys here. I can't believe it took this long for Scott Roland to be a Hall of Famer. 70 career war at third base, a position that's not really represented well in the Baseball Hall of Fame. I don't know how he got in earlier either. This is me talking with MLB Prospect Central on Instagram. Me and him are very close. He's a friend of the pod. Good guy. He was saying he's happy Roland got in. He's a 70 career war third baseman. I don't know how he got in either. And he also is still in disbelief that Wagner and Helton didn't get in, and he thinks they'll get in next year. They better get in next year. I'll be honest. I'm not willing to be here again next year. Some notable first ballot guys next year coming up I want to talk about real quick. I'll mention them right now. Uh, Let me go find it real quick. I believe it's going to be some guys like Matt Holliday will be a a first-time Hall of Fame guy. Um, I'm going to find the tweet. Where was it? I'm sorry, everyone. There's a tweet I just read before I got on the podcast about who's going to be up for the ballot next year. Oh, no. I'm trying to... I'm sorry, everyone. I'll find it real quick.
So the 2024 MVP, not MVP, uh, potential Hall of Fame ballot is going to consist of a lot of first-time guys. Scott Rowland is now off the ballot. He's in the Hall of Fame. Guys that will be up for multiple years of eligibility that are going to be on this list. Uh, Todd Helton will be up for his sixth year. Billy Wagner will be up for his ninth. Andrew Jones for his seventh. Gary Sheffield will be on his tenth and final year. He's got to get in. They got to do right by him. A-Rod is on his third. Manny Ramirez is on his eighth. Omar Vizquel is on his seventh. Andy Pettit, sixth. Jimmy Rollins, third. Bobby Abreu, fifth. Mark Burley, fourth. Torrey Hunter, fourth. Carlos Beltran will be on his second. And that will be, I think it will be, K-Rod will be on his second. Mark Burley will be on his second. Yeah. I think that's it, really, for all the returners. Uh, first on the ballot, first-time ballots. Adrian Beltre will be a first-time ballot. Joe Maurer, Chase Utley, David Wright, Bartolo Colon, Matt Holliday, Adrian Gonzalez, Jose Bautista, Jose Reyes, Victor Martinez, James Shields, Brandon Phillips, Denard Spann, Chase Headley, <laughs> Chase Headley, Giovanni Gallardo, Doug Fister, Brad Ziegler, Ryan Madsen, Phil Hughes, Brandon Morrow, Chris Tillman, Jim Johnson, Santiago Casilla. Those are all the first timers. A lot of those guys are not going to be on the ballot for much longer, but there are a few names here that are eye popping to say the least. Todd Helton and Billy Wagner, Andrew Jones, Gary Sheffield. Those are the four I think that will make it in next year. The four returners that will make it in. I think next year, 2024, has a potential to be a big, big class. Um, Some other guys here. First-timers. Adrian Beltre, first ballot Hall of Famer. Adrian Beltre has a career 93.5 war, 3,166 hits, 477 career homers, a 286 lifetime batting average, a two-time platinum glove winner, a five-time gold glover, a four-time all-star, a four-time silver slugger. He had his best MVP finish was third in 2012 when he was surprisingly 33 years old. He made a couple World Series appearances with some good Texas teams, was on a good Boston team. Or was on a Boston team one year. I don't know if it was a good team in 2010 now I think about it. He wasted some of his prime in Seattle where he had a second place finish a year prior to his Seattle days when he played with the Dodgers when he first broke into the league. Had some really nice years. Near 50 doubles in one season. He had 49 doubles in 2010. 199 hits in 2013. He had a really nice end of his career. He wound down really nicely. That's a Hall of Famer right there. He'll make it for sure. Joe Maurer is another interesting case. 2009 MVP, was it deserved? Probably that year. Maybe over Teixeira. But I think Teixeira, that was his year. As a catcher, he hit 306, 55.2 career war, over 2,000 hits. Joe Maurer is a Hall of Famer. He might go first ballot as well. I think he should go first ballot. Chase Utley's going to be on the ballot. 
He's a Hall of Famer in my book, but I don't think he'll be first ballot despite having a 64.5 career war and a 275 career batting average, 259 career home runs, six-time All-Star, four-time Silver Slugger, one of the best playoff performances ever in the 2009 World Series despite losing. He's a guy that you could argue he could have won World Series MVP despite losing. David Wright's here. David Wright's one of the biggest what-ifs in baseball, but he still had a very nice career with a 49.2 career war, and this is one of the guys you look at and you can't use war as a stat. Matt Holliday's another one, 44.5 career war. Was robbed of the 07 MVP, in my opinion. I think he deserved it. That storyline was a little better. He had 340 that year, too. Holy hell. 299 career batting average, 316 career homers. His Counting numbers are a little similar to that of Scott Rowland, but we'll see about that one. That's going to be the long game. Gonzalez, Batista, and Reyes are probably going to fall off the ballot. I'd assume Victor Martinez as well, although he was a great hitter during his career. James Shields will not be a Hall of Famer. Denard Spann will not be. Brandon Phillips, despite being a great fielder, will not be. Chase Headley, no shot. Uh, Giovanni Gallardo was good for a few years, but no way. K-Rod's on the ballot, but he'll move up. I don't think he'll make it. Brad Ziegler will sure as hell not get a single vote. I'm confident. Same will Ryan Madsen might get a little bit of attention, but he won't be on it for long. Santiago Casilla will not make it. Jim Johnson will not make it. Chris Tillman will not make it. Brandon Morrow won't get a vote, and Phil Hughes won't get a vote. That's pretty much it. For Roland, congratulations. You have climbed the biggest mountain that anyone in baseball will ever climb. You have now the respect of everyone to ever play the game of baseball. You will go down as one of the greatest to ever play the game. Not just at your position, ever. You'll be enshrined in Cooperstown from now until the time you unfortunately pass and beyond. It's amazing the stuff that you would have done for the game and what you'll do for the game now that you are a member of Cooperstown forever, where your legacy will be talked about daily and for the rest of time. It's awesome to see a guy I grew up really watching play ball. It's awesome to see him make the Hall of Fame. Kudos to Scott Rowland, and congratulations to him and his family. The Writers Association, though, you're still on my shit list. And you will be an enemy of this podcast until I get my own Hall of Fame vote. I would love to be a member of the Writers Association. I know I said no politics, but... Sapola for Writers Association. Make the Hall of Fame great again. That's all I gotta say. Until then, um, I think that's it. I do have some personal life news we're going to be discussing over the next couple weeks. Some big news about myself, the future of this podcast, and more. Especially with my own life outside of this podcast when I'm off record, I'm not behind the mic. Big news. I can't wait to tell everyone. I can't tell you now because it's, it's not official. I have to keep it under wraps. It's super secret stuff. I will say this, though. This is something I can tell you. Your boy's been winning a lot of cool stuff on Pristine Auction House for very cheap. 
I advise you to go check it out. I just want some really cool things. I'm going to be throwing it in the studio, and it's going to look really cool in it. I have a lot of cool memorabilia to begin with. If you're someone who likes collecting sports memorabilia, check out Pristine Auction. They do daily auctions, 10-minute auctions, all that cool stuff. Like You can bid on a lot of cool stuff. Like For example, you can go – like I bid on this today. I can – Go out there and bid on a signed helmet signed by both Warren Moon and Earl Campbell. It'll be a 10-minute thing. I didn't win it, but it's going to be a lot under market value. I myself have a lot of cool things I've won on. I won a signed Andre Reed jersey for 70 bucks, which is not a lot of money for something like that. He's a Hall of Fame kind of guy. I've also won signed footballs on there. I want to sign Dante Hall jersey for twenty dollars. It's a cool thing. Make sure to go check it out. A lot of cool stuff you can really, really find cool to invest in. Sign footballs, baseball stuff, stuff from all sports, not just baseball and football. There's some stuff like the guy who create whose voice is SpongeBob, Tom Kenny. His his signature on a drawing of SpongeBob. There's some. Drake memorabilia out there too. I'm a big Drake guy. There's his memorabilia there too. This is not a con this is not a paid content sponsor. This is me putting you on. There's some stuff here too. Some pretty cool stuff I have in my watch and recently viewed. Drake London's helmet, $84 right now. That's a guy I think if you want to invest in something like that, he's someone with a cool thing. Uh there's a Don Larson signed jersey going for under a hundred dollars. All this cool stuff. A lot of stuff historically from players past, present, and future you can find on there. From jerseys to helmets to cleats signed. Game-worn, non-game-worn. Mystery boxes. Stuff signed by your favorite artists and favorite actors. Make sure to check it out. I don't have a promo code for you. I do, I'm do. i going to put you on to one more thing before we go out. I'm going to put you on to prize picks. Prize picks is a new form of sports betting where you bet the over, under a certain player's points touches touchdown scored all that stuff it's certain stats you pick the over and under on it if you want a promo code i will send it out to whoever reaches out to me i will it'll get you a free 25 dollars and it'll double your deposits i believe it is it'll help everyone out and i can give you guys my prize picks and my gambling picks as well tough weekend for me gambling we'll talk about that on thursday we'll talk division round we'll do the rundown and the game previews I am not happy about my Cowboys' performance. We'll hear all about it on Thursday. I still want to process things a bit more as I'm still kind of in that shell shock from the weekend as a lot of games didn't go the way we thought they were going to go. It just is how it is. That's life, baby, and that's the NFL. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into this episode. I know it might be a little bit more of a boring one listening to me talk about a bunch of guys who haven't played baseball in over 10 to 15 years, but this is my podcast. And I want to put out the content that I want to put out. And this is something I know there's an audience for it. We'll talk later in the offseason, too, as football winds down. There's plenty of names here, too. A lot of names I didn't touch of all-time greats. Some of the likes as Don Mattingly, Pete Rose, Greg Nettles, Dick Allen, Ron Guidry, Louis Tiant, Dwight Gooden, Roy Oswalt, Dan Quisenberry, Troy Percival, Sparky Lyle, a lot of names, including guys that are not eligible yet, like CeCe Sabathia, Raldis Chapman, Joey Votto, Chase Utley is going to be eligible next year, Miggy Cabrera, 
Ichiro. A lot of names we're going to talk about. And I'm happy to bring you this kind of content, and I hope we can continue giving you this kind of content. Make sure you keep supporting the podcast, like it, give us a follow on all our social medias, and share, share, share. Thank you for tuning in. I will catch you on Thursday. Peace out, everyone.